0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live Coleman Had a Dream special. I'm very fortunate to be joined by two charming and handsome gentlemen. Uh, a, third one, a third one will be on the way soon. Obviously, uh, we have uh, Mark here, who is an Aston Villa fan uh, and an England fan as well. How are you doing, good Mark?
1: Evening. I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you
0: doing? I'm good, Paul. I'm good. We have uh, a northeast journalist, the man with the best surname on this podcast, uh, without <laughs> doubt, uh, Mr. Daniel Wales. Thank you for joining, mate. How are you doing? Not a problem, Di. How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. Um, We are soon to be joined by a fellow uh, England and Newcastle fan, uh, Stephen Ord will be with us in a moment. But uh, for now, I have a a slight bit of housekeeping to do before we get started. Um, These podcasts and these sessions that we're doing on YouTube are sponsored by BagsyBags.com. You can go to BagsyBags.com. You can get fantastic Amorohid, Hiraith, Sons of Speed t-shirt, lots of different stuff on option for you there. Uh, you can use the CHAD10 discount code for 10% off. And with that, we also get a little little cut uh, from Bagsy on the side, which is very generous of him, which helps keep our podcasts and all these shows, everything we do online for free. So that is our little bit of housekeeping. Um, please go to bagsybags.com uh, and use your CHAD10 discount code. Now, just right on cue, we have been joined... Uh, by Mr Ord, who's very smart, uh, Mr Ord. We are full, full-time. Thank you for dressing up for the occasion. Thank you for joining us. How are only you doing? Only for you,
2: Di. Only for you.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it, mate. I appreciate it. Um, well, we're here to talk about Wales against England. Obviously, the third group game in the upcoming World Cup. Um, good time to talk about uh, the games that are coming up, obviously, as the squads were announced in the last couple of days. Obviously, England uh, was was announced today, Wales yesterday. Uh, we've been joined in the comments by Ben McManus, How are you doing, Ben? Nice to see you, mate. Oh, that was very fleeting. Um, Yeah, if anyone wants to join in the comments, please feel free uh, to drop us a comment. We'll do as best we can to answer questions as they pop up as well. So thanks for joining us, Ben. Um, Lads, we'll talk about the England squad first. Uh, I'll just pop it up here. Um, The thing I wanted to talk about, who you guys think are your three strongest players? um, I'll go to you, Mark, first, if that's all right. If you want to chuck out a few names and we'll see (coughs) how we go.
1: I think, I mean, the obvious is to say Harry Kane. Um, he's obviously our our biggest goal threat. Um, I, I know Conte has kind of come out in the recent days and said that he, he's, he's worried about his tiredness. So that remains to be seen yeah, just how tired probably, yeah. he is. But I still think he's our, our, our biggest biggest goal threat there, obviously. Um, I think probably Phil Foden is, is one that I would say is next. I think he... he He's obviously playing well for for City this season, um, and then sort of third. I, I kind of think this is the the time for Bellingham to to stand up, and I kind of think that that he will will grab a chance if he if he's given it and 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 keep the spot in the in the side of his own. So I think he will, we'll probably see big things of him um, this time around.
0: Uh, Dan, what do you think, mate? Are you are you agreeing with Mark there?
3: Am I allowed to say Nick Pope, Keon Trippier and Callum Wilson?
0: <laughs> uh, for those who haven't guessed, uh, Daniel's obviously a Newcastle United fan as well. I think those are three sensible suggestions. That's probably the most well, sensible thing you've ever anyway.
3: <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd agree with Foden, with Mark there. I think he's a, a brilliant talent. I'd throw Bukayo Saka in next. I think he's done very well with Arsenal this season and did really well at the Euros for England last year. And I think on current form, James Madison stands out for me. And honestly, I I mean, I know there was a lot of speculation this morning as to whether he was going to be in this squad. But at the moment, the way he's playing, I think he's deserving of a start, not just a place in the squad, to be honest. And I think that would be my front three just behind Harry Kane. I'd have Madison, uh, Foden and Saka if if we played 4-2-3-1, for example. So, yeah, those three for me. Um, Bellingham as well, an honourable mention, because although he's young, he certainly does have talent. But, yeah, those three, I think, are up there.
0: Yeah, three quality players. I'm interested to see your thoughts as well, Audie, about Harry Kane especially because he's someone who's obviously a very, very talented player, but hes I, I don't think he's in kind of sparkling form, uh, you know, compared to recent years this year. So how do you feel about him going into the tournament?
2: Well, um, it's easy to say he's tired when you've just got beaten by Forrest in a League Cup game. It's easy to then go, oh yeah, they're really, really tired. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Funny enough, there's no complaint about Kane being tired when he scored a sixth goal in six home games against Liverpool uh, at <laughs> the weekend. Um, I'm not concerned about Kane. Um, potentially, he'll do what he did at the last World Cup, which is his Boots in the first game, suddenly he'd be on the road towards like scoring more goals than anybody else. Um, if, if England are going to progress in the tournament, Harry Kane needs to score goals. I don't think anyone can argue with that. Um, would I love to see Callum Wilson play the a World Cup? Yes, I absolutely would. At the same time, on the flip side, do I think England will be best served by Callum Wilson playing in the World Cup? No, I don't, because I think it probably is a front or front three or four, as Dan mentioned before. It's probably a front three or four. And if it is, Kane's at the spearhead of that. And he plays very differently to Wilson. So England would have to massively adapt their tactics. I think that Wilson and the team.
1: In- yeah,
0: I think I think that's a fair comment. Go yeah, on. sorry. I, think,
2: so I was just gonna say, I think in terms of the players that we've mentioned, Madison has 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 had a brilliant uh few weeks, but I do also want to point out that Leicester have been absolutely dreadful for the first six weeks, I mean, appallingly bad for the first six weeks of the season, and James Madison was a part of that team that was appallingly bad, but Kai Osaka has been part of the best team, Bar City, the best team in the country, and I find it weird that he's been classed as a forward because I'd probably put him in the mid, I know we only play with two midfielders in the England squad, so then don't want to put him in there, but for me, Saka coming off the right or coming off the left is going to be a massive, if he's in the form that he appears to be in for Arsenal, that could be a massive surprise package. And yeah, I mean, Phil Foden potentially, or has all the potential to be one of the greatest English players ever. So yeah, I think it's really important that he has a good tournament of England they're going to go for.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with a lot you said that. I, I think from, from from a Welsh perspective, looking at that, I think the forward line is is the thing to be worried about there. I, I totally agree. I think Saka might end up being one of the players of the tournament, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm so impressed with him this season. He's fast. He's direct. He's got unbelievably good feet. He's, he's added goals to his game. He's a real talent, and obviously, same with Foden. I'm less fussed about Kane, which I feel like is a stupid thing to say but you know he's not he's definitely not been kind of as sparkling as he has been i think midfield wise i think you're a a little bit light there i think bellingham's a good player but you know i'm not overly bothered about gallagher henderson phillips rice mount like like rice is someone who for example was they were talking about crazy money for him last season and I, i just don't think he's kind of hit those heights this year and at the back obviously with the exception of uh of big kieran trippier there who's the best fullback on the planet i i'm again i'm not overly concerned about having to take on about you know harry Maguire, connor cody eric dyer etc so um i think there's you know there's, there's it's an interesting balance because i think going forward you you guys are, are a real threat um thank you stephen baker for joining us Nos with are to you too my friend um uh, stephen is one of our writers who works uh, tirelessly to produce extra content for coleman so great little plug there thank you very much for all your hard work mate um to to look at what you know, most viewers I hope have have, have come to see today, uh, which is the Wales squad. Um, what players kind of jump out at you, um, Daniel, as 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 the uh, as the most aptly named person here today? I think <laughs> I, I, I think I'll come to you. I'm never going to get tired of that, mate. Um, I, I'll, I'll come to you first. What do you think? Uh, who's the who's the three kind of players you're worried about from a from Welsh perspective?
3: I mean, I'm looking at that, and obviously. Gareth Bale always springs to mind because it's Gareth Bale. I know he's getting on now, but he's always carried a goal threat. And we saw when England last played Wales in a major tournament in 2016, just what he can do. Although, in fairness, Joe Hart probably should have saved that free kick. Um, He didn't. As well, well, looking there, um, obviously in the Premier League at the moment, you've, you've got the likes of Dan James, Brennan Johnson, Kiefer Moore, who all have that attacking goal threat as well. Um, And then Aaron Ramsey stands out for me. I know he's not really played a lot of football and he's not really hit the heights of perhaps previous days in his career. But, you know, these players have experience in the Premier League and and have experience uh, on the international stage now as well for Wales, as as, as you qualify and play in a lot of big games at the moment. So Wales certainly do have a a good attacking threat. I think like England, perhaps defensively, you know, there, there are frailties there. But Gareth Bale will always stand out for me because... Simply because it's it's Gareth Bale.
0: That's fair. I mean, Mark Dan mentioned there about uh, incorrectly uh, about our defensive frailties. Hey. Um, <laughs> um, do you, Do you agree with that, or is there anyone else apart from you know the obvious who kind of jumps out to you?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, Bale's the obvious one. I, I think Ramsey on it, on his day as well is, is a massive threat going forward too. I think one for me that maybe. He's, Goes a little bit under the radar from from England fans. Maybe he's his key for more because I think he gives us something that other other sides won't won't you know have against us. Is that that physical presence up front? Um, and certainly against the likes of of Dyer, especially if he's playing because he's been in such poor form. But Dyer and Stones and and Walker, that physical battle that he could dominate there. I think he'd he'd, he'd obviously have a, a stiffer test against Maguire, but. Maguire's form as well has has been poor, but definitely I think he's one to, to be concerned about um in terms of just that that physical battling and and giving space to the likes of, of Bale and Ramsey then.
0: Yeah, what about you you, Audi? Do you, do you agree with that that there's an extra kind of depth there with, with people like Key more
1: Yeah, I think
2: probably I think we've got to kind of and this is not meant to sound But the 2016 team, we've kind of got to forget, because a lot of the people who were the stalwarts of that 2016 team, the Ashley Williams and stuff like that, they're gone. And yes, Bale's still there, but that's because you look at the weekend and he scores that header for LA and completely changes the complexion of a game, which it looked like they were going to lose. They were in the last minute and suddenly he's won them the MLS Cup. Well, he hasn't directly, but he's kept them in it. And he scores big goals in big games. So like Dan says, it's very difficult to look beyond Gareth Bale when you know, it's a bit like when Wales had Ryan Giggs, No Island or George. But when you've got a player of that standing that is that good, obviously people are going to be naturally drawn to it. I'm a little bit worried about Ramsey. He's barely played any football at Nice. And I know he's always good and you've got that right smile on your face. He always pulls it on when he's got a Wales shirt on. But between him and Joe Allen, who've kind of been the stalwarts of that midfield, you've not had much football in the past month, six weeks. Yeah, that's right. And although historically that's been a real strength, having those two in midfield, I actually would be looking at Harry Wilson, who started the season really quite well at Fulham when they were when they were clicking on all gears. And I remember when he was at Bournemouth under St Eddie Howe, um, and uh, Wilson really seemed to be clicking. His ability with the ball at his feet, his, his movement was great. Um, and he does seem to have kind of rediscovered some of that at Fulham. I think I could be wrong. Was he on loan at Cardiff as well at one point? Or I think, yeah, when he was, so he, he like, he has got, like, he has had a few seasons in the championship to kind of bolster himself up to get ready to come back to the Premier League. I think Harry Wilson looked a real, real prospect at one point. This could be the tournament where he actually shows how good he could be. Um, defensively, yeah, I think it's really easy for us to say, "Oh, Wales look frail defensively." But when Harry Maguire is likely to be starting the tournament for us, I have to think people in class <laughs> houses shouldn't throw stones. So, um, so yeah.
0: I, I agree with you. I oddly I think our one of our biggest strengths actually is is at the back. I think we've got a reliable goalkeeper in either Hennessy or Ward, whoever Paige chooses to play there. I think we've got players like Ethan Ampadu who's incredibly underrated. He should definitely be playing. I know he's playing Syria A, but he, if he was playing every week in the Premier League, now, I really think people would be raving about him. Joe Rodden is a is a very very talented footballer. He's great with the ball at his feet, big, strong, physical, aggressive player. Um, reads the game super well and is and again is is just someone who I think is getting a good experience out in France, a different experience out in France. Um, so I, I think there's some real strength there. I, I agree with I, I think it was what you said down about uh, Joe Allen, uh, or you sorry, Odi about Joe Allen. He's someone who's not had much game time due to injury and I think he's someone as well who needs a bit of a run into a to a tournament or run into some games I don't think he's someone who can necessarily kind of turn up and just do it on the day he needs a couple of games to get into it and I'm not sure he's gonna well he's definitely not going to get that so his 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 involvement in that is going to be is really going to be interesting for us um out of interest lads we I'm going to ask the same question about England but out of interest how do you guys think Wales will do in the in the tournament as a whole Mark I'll start with you
1: um, so I mean I was going through all the the prediction stuff earlier today and I, and I think I think from the group it'll be England and Wales um, I, I think they both obviously got en- enough to get past past Iran and in the US um, I had it coming up against for, for Wales coming up against Holland um, in the round of 16 and that would be the end of uh, of that row I, I, I don't necessarily think that they don't have a chance in that I just that's where I felt felt it would end. I think they absolutely give them a battle, much like they did um, against Belgium a few years ago. I know obviously this, this side is different, but it, it's that spirit in the in the team. And um, for England, I've only got them really going one step further, um, getting through the group, beating Senegal in the round of 16, then losing to France. So I, I can't see us getting beyond um, the quarterfinals again. Unfortunately, I think that's that's where where our journey will end.
0: Interesting use of the word, unfortunately, on a on a world football <laughs> podcast, there, mate. Um, uh, Dan, what about you, mate? How do you see Wales and then and then conversely, England getting on? In
3: Wales again, like with Mark, I think we'll get out of the group alongside England. I think both teams have enough to beat Senegal and the not Senegal. Senegal I'm just thinking what Mark said: Iran and the United States. Um, and Wales again, again, it's one of those where you know the last sixteen. It really depends who you come up against. I think once you obviously get further into the tournament, you know, then the big teams start really coming at you. But Wales, I think, will get, as I say, out of the group to the last sixteen, and they have a chance of maybe get making the quarterfinals, in my opinion, depending on who they come up against in their in their last sixteen game. And I think it's the same thing. To be honest, I mean, I give England perhaps a little bit bit of a better chance of getting to the quarterfinals. And then I'd sort of say the same thing then England perhaps then do they get to the semis, but apart from but perhaps more likely the quarters. But that's where I'd say I'd say Wales last sixteen or quarters and then England quarters or, or semi finals.
0: What about you or do I know you're more you know more ambivalent, shall we say, about uh, about this whole thing than, than some of the other lads, but what do you think?
2: Um, so for Wales's chances, I think it hinges on that first game.
0: Yeah. I, I think if
2: they if they beat the US I think I think they'll go through. So I'd I also, unlike my other English counterpart, um, I'm not necessarily as confident about England's chances. And it's not because I'm indifferent. It's actually because whenever they've played a decent team so far, or the last year, they've got beaten.
1: Um,
2: And I think there's three teams in the group. I think the USA are probably um, underappreciated. But if you took like Geo Reyna... Christian Pulisic, like, then, then they're not mugs, and we already seen at a World Cup not that long ago that when you underappreciate how good the US can be. I mean, all right, it was a bit of a slip that caused uh, us to concede, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily see this as the foregone conclusion that England topped this group. And um, I think they'll beat Iran in their first game, but if if the USA and Wales turn up in the last game. And the second game, so if Wales beat the US, the US aren't going to want to go out after two games. They're going to throw everything at England. And then similarly, if Wales know they need a result, what more do they need to fire them up than the fact they might knock England out and go through? And I I, I know I am... You were very polite the way you said it there, Di, that I'm ambivalent about England. It's not that I'm ambivalent. It's, it's more the fact that England constantly, constantly talk up their chances before going into a tournament and then are surprised by how the fact that they get to another quarterfinal and they get bundled out. Um, <laughs> the last two tournaments, England have been spoiled. The draw really opened up for them in 2018. In 2021, they put in a brilliant performance, and I don't want to get away from that. They beat teams who we didn't. Germany and Croatia in those two games, their performances were absolutely brilliant. But Wales showed that when they get to a major tournament, they can surprise anyone. I don't think anyone had them reaching, go, sorry going as far in 2016 as they were as they did, I think Wales will get out of the group, I agree I think England probably will probably will top the group because of the way the fixtures fall for them but I wouldn't be surprised if both England and Wales went out in the last 16, similarly I wouldn't be surprised if England went out in the last 16 and Wales went through the quarterfinals, Mark if they get Holland I agree with you, I think that's a nightmare draw for them Um, but having said that, again in 2016 I thought they got a nightmare draw
0: and it worked out all right for them. So yeah, I have some good memories. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you? Yeah. <laughs> Hazy, but good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with what I said. I don't wanna um I, I don't wanna over egg it, right? Because I I, I recognise that there's obviously a lot of rivalry and whatever else here, but I do wonder about England and I I wanna bring you in a sec, Dan, because I know this is something that is 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 big on your mind, but I feel like I recognise England are a good team. They've got some good players, good up front. Blah blah blah. I also think that they're quite predictable, a little bit pedestrian. And I, I, if I'm looking at them, if I'm looking at gettable areas, Gareth Bale against Harry Maguire, Eric Dyer. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't think Gareth Bale would be having sleepless nights before that. Do you know what I mean? Equally, I know you've got some attacking, a real attacking threat. But I think if we were capable of kind of digging in and being solid against. England for 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 all that means, then I think we have a, a good chance against them. And I, and I do think England have kind of, you know, they've they've climbed up the mountain. They they got to the top of it in the Euro twenty final, and and just heartbreakingly uh, fell short. So you don't uh, you know,
3: think that at all. You don't. Think <laughs> he was smiling talking. as he said it. He was smiling. Sorry, as he said
0: sorry. I could I couldn't control it then. I'll, I'll I'll maybe I'll edit that out. Um. So I, I do think you're on the way back down that hill. I think those there are some players now who are a little bit older. I think there are some players who are not at their peak anymore. And I think you've got a manager, which is why I want to come to you, Dan, on this, who is perhaps not the most expansive, perhaps not most getting the best out of his players, perhaps not the most exciting. Yeah.
3: Um, Gareth Southgate, for me, I'll, I'll come to him first because this is sort of this is why I wanted to come and speak on this podcast. To be honest, uh, Gareth Southgate to me is too cautious as a manager, and I do say this knowing fully well he's been England's most successful tournament manager for God knows how long, getting us to semi-final in a World Cup and a final of European Championships. But in those games and in those tournaments, you know, the, the, I, I look at the game against Croatia that semi-final and I look at the final against Italy, and they were pretty much identical in terms of what happened. England score early, don't capitalise on that lead, get to the second half, sit back and are punished for it and end up losing both games. And so, oh, thanks, darling. Dash it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that to, that book, to me, falls at Gareth Southgate's door for not being proactive and reacting to the way the match was going. I mean, yes, they missed chances in the first half of both of those games, which ultimately falls to the players there in the moment. But you can't sit after that after half seven and try and defend an elite, a lead, a one 0 lead, for you know forty five minutes after that. It's just not going to happen realistically in international football. So, yeah, he's always been too cautious the way the formations he he plays. Five at the back when realistically England's best form of defence is attack because of how good attacking talent they have. They should be attacking teams on the front foot, pressing high, not sitting in and trying to hit teams on the counter because it's proven that it doesn't always work. I mean, and then we look at Gareth Southgate's recent results to England. Obviously, in the Nations League, it was pitiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps he is coming to the end of his good run with England. And I think perhaps now he has been found out a little bit uh, and his lack of tactical awareness is starting to show through i i mean i remember obviously in the euros final last year some of the substitutions he made were very questionable i mean you took declan rice off and put jordan henderson on which and i'm not saying rice is an absolute world beater but he for what it's worth he's better than jordan henderson at this current moment in time and was marshalling italy a lot better in the midfield than henderson went on to do because that's when Italy really went on and sort of took control of the game. And so, yeah, what you say is, you're, you're right, die England are very predictable at times in terms of sitting in, trying to to let teams, you know, come on in them a little bit and try and be defensively solid, which, considering who we have in defence, isn't perhaps the wisest thing to do. So, yeah, Gareth Southgate, not my cup of tea, certainly, at the moment. And I just wish that he'd let England's attackers express themselves and do what they want up front and let them dictate the game because without that then we just do look pedestrian at times
0: um mark i can see you nodding along in the background there do you agree (laughs) with that and 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 do you think that as you know we approach the the tournament obviously but also we're just focusing on 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 the wales game predominantly here as well do you do you think that 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 is going to impact that wales game and, and the tournament in general what what dana said there
1: um yeah, I mean I'm completely with Dan there. I think we are very, very predictable. Um all round, I agree with that as well. Substitutes are always are always very predictable. Um you almost know when they're coming in the game, who's coming on. There's no there's no sort of take charge of the game. It's always it just seems to be reactive with him. It, there's nothing about Let's make some some positive changes first and let's try and change things in our, in our own way. Um, but, I mean, you come into the tournament, we're in horrendous form um, as, a, as a group. We haven't won a competitive game for just under a year. Um, the, the two wins we oh, have in that man, time were friendlies. So, you know, it's it's just... We're, we're coming in on the back of, uh, of three three defeats and three draws in the Nations League. Um and I've got no faith that Southgate will change his, his mentality in this and be a little bit more breaks off and, and allow the, the attacking players to, to dictate games. It, it's very much we, we will will sit and be cautious and take our opportunities when they come, but we, we we've seen recently we don't. Um, and i've got no i've got no faith that that you know it'll take the the, the leash off and, and let the likes of of Saka and foden and, and madison really dictate the tempo of the game either um so it's it's really negative and i know you'll be loving that die um uh, oh absolutely
0: just, not how rude
1: i, I think we, we we have a group of players especially in that attacking third that can really punish teams but they, they we always seem to just just reel them in and just not nothing too much you know we, we don't want to give it away we don't want to concede Let, let's just try and, and and maintain our our um our defensive structure and and our uh, hold on the game a little bit without being too flamboyant and we, we need to see that flair we need to see that ingenuity from those attacking players because they, they've got it in them
0: I think it's interesting you say that and like Ben has made a great comment there and like because this like we often have a bit of back and forth about this on our, you know, on our chats. But for me, I think it's funny that he is the best manager in in a statistical perspective uh, for England in in, in recent times, at least he has taken you deep into tournaments. And and I appreciate, you know, the Nations League was a bit of a shambles. But before that, you know, your qualifying campaign was excellent. Uh, You know, it's it's. It's, he's someone who does take you places, and I think already that's that's the thing that I can't kind of shake from my mind.
2: Well, I'm, I'm going to go on a passionate defence of Gareth Southgate here, not because I particularly think he's done a good job, but oh, sorry, the not thing he's doing a great job. But I've got it's a diff, it's a difficult one because uh, the first four games of the most recent Nations League series were played at the end of the summer, last season, when everyone had crammed it in. And had to be desperately crammed in at the end of the season when the players had already played a season that started in October and ended in late May. They had to be crammed in because FIFA wanted its World Cup held in the winter. So we had to cram in four games when the players, like some of those Liverpool players, had played 60 games before they then went off to play uh, the Nations League games. Um, France won the World Cup in 2018 because they were difficult to beat. They didn't go around beating teams five, six, seven, eight, nothing. They got through some games one 2 nil, And sometimes, unfortunately, tournament football, not one-off games, tournament football is won by being difficult to beat. Um, over a league season or over a, left, or a cup run, yeah, you need to have some luck. You need to throw the kitchen sink at it sometimes. And in knockout games, that'll happen. Um, I also think the manager is a really easy person to get the blame as soon as the wheels start to come off. Like, Ericsson was brilliant in 2002 and 2006 when we got the quarters. And then because Ronaldinho lobs Seaman from 45 yards, all of a sudden he's useless. Well, it's not his fault. David Seaman stands in his line and catches that ball. We'd potentially win a World Cup quarterfinal. That's not Ericsson's fault. He's not told him to let that go over his head. Um, so I think we have to be really careful. He's the best England manager since Ramsey. And Ramsey won a World Cup. We hounded Robson out of a job in 1990. That worked out well because we Graham Taylor did brilliantly getting the 94. Um <laughs> I think we have to be really, really careful. England have had a brilliant run of it. And the idea that we're now saying, oh, it's time for football fans are really... like." As a Newcastle fan at the moment, I can see how good we've got it. And the idea that I'd be calling for how to go in two years' time because, oh, we've not won the league yet. Like, all right, okay, sorry. Like... it's a, bit, it's a bit preposterous. we we got to the final and the semi-final of the two biggest tournaments he's managed us in. And the previous tournament, we got beaten by Iceland in the round of 16. Apologies to our Icelandic listeners. But that's not really a great uh, endorsement for it. People go through cycles. I get that. I get that. But Guardiola's never won the Champions League with Man City. And I don't see people saying Pep has to go from City because he's never won the Champions League with them.
0: I think you make a lot of points. I, I'm, I'm more on your side of the fence, if I'm honest, Wardy. I, I think it's difficult because also every, I, I don't wish to, you know, be predictable here. But I do also think that there's an element of uh, expectation, which is unfair. And I, and I think that when you go into a tournament and you've got to a final and the next tournament that comes around, people are saying, I'm not sure about this fella. Like, I, I, that's mad to me. And, 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 I, and I saw, and it's, and it's happening, not to the same degree, but with, with Wales fans. I saw someone call Rob Page a clown today because he didn't pick uh, Oli Cooper, a, a Swansea player in his squad. Now, that's in, uh, to me, that's bonkers. The guy has got us to our first World Cup in 64 years. He can pick whoever he wants in that squad. right. He can pick his mum in there for all I care. He, they, do you know what I mean? That, the, 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 the bar has changed. And, and I think everyone every now and again needs a bit of a reality check. And I and I worry that getting rid of Southgate, well, worry is the wrong word, isn't keep me up at night by any stretch. But <laughs> I, I think getting rid of Southgate perpetuates this thing that non-England fans have, I would say, about what England think about their football team. And I would just wonder, like, hey, who's next? You know, people are talking about Howe and Potter. There's no way Howe and Potter leaving Chelsea or Newcastle to go to, to manage. Uh, to managing, unless Potter maybe gets sacked but that's a story for another day. The, the the point still stands. I I just don't think it's happening. And I and I and I just feel like it's these sort of tournaments and 2016 Audio I think is a great example where you've got a guy who's come in, you know, not not obviously not, not done the great job from there and, and it just really didn't work and that defensive style and I remember you know that that game against Eula in the in the World Cup in the Euro sorry in 2016 I actually was watching that game and at a half time. I was thinking to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not bothered. We're actually, we've got this under control. And what happened was through a sense of desperation of wanting to get through, you chucked on Vardy and a couple of others who were the people who I was worried about. And sure enough, they came on and changed the game. And I think that it would be great from a Wales perspective if Southgate does the same and sticks with the kind of um, the more predictable lads and it's when he starts throwing on you know Grealish or Saka or whoever that's when I'm just like oh shit these lads are actually class and and that's when it becomes difficult I think um, uh, for us um, and like you know Ben is, is joining Emmy Hughes must be on the plane for you 2016 football fans are just like this people every think they know everything about everything don't they um, <laughs> chris uh, uh, a friend of ours has, has has joined the comments here. surely this is Bell's last World Cup. He's capable of those Superman moments in Qatar after playing poorly in the MLs. Is he sharp enough? That's a great question I'll, I, I've, I've talked a lot here I, I'll, I'll I'll save my response uh, for for a little bit but um I don't know if any of you guys want to jump in here about you know whether you think he's kind of sharp enough and, and ready to to take charge of a tournament.
2: I will just say I I don't think he's I don't think he's played many minutes. In fact, I know he hasn't played many minutes. I think it's 300 minutes or something. Yeah. He's played so far and he's made an awful lot of money out of it. So well done, Gareth Bale. But um what I would say is everybody knew what this was for Gareth Bale. He left Real Madrid in the summer and it was four months. Stay fit, get himself in peak condition, maybe not match fit, okay, fair enough, but get it keep himself in peak physical condition to be ready for the World Cup. Los Angeles would have known that. Everybody yeah. in world football knew that. That's why big European clubs weren't prepared to spend ridiculous amounts of money on him because he was o- he was only going to be concentrating on one thing this season. It would not surprise me if at the end of the World Cup, Gareth Bale retires from football altogether. Because the what world else Cup has he got medal. to go on and do? What else has he got to go on and do?
0: Absolutely, mate. Once once he's uh, you know polishing uh, his World Cup winners' medal, he'll uh, he'll, he'll, <laughs> exactly. he'll, he'll sleep, he'll sleep I, easy at night
2: with an overhead kick in the final. He'll be fine.
0: Mate, an overhead kick in the final ninety first minute against you lot. That's my that's my absolute dream. Um, uh, Dan or, or Mark, I don't know if you want to come in here. What do you think? Do you think he's sharp enough, or do you think he's the ship has sailed for Gareth Bale?
1: Dan, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, on? I was
3: going to say. I mean, I mentioned Gareth Bale obviously when we looked at the Wales squad a little while ago, but I I, I think, as I say, he he's playing in the league now, which obviously isn't the standard of anywhere in Europe. Uh, and even when he was in Europe at Real Madrid, he wasn't getting a lot of game time anyway, because he wasn't. He was favourite Real Madrid. Yes, he may well be keeping himself fit over there. Um, and as I mentioned before, he always is that attacking threat. He is Gareth Bale, and he has that star quality, and he is a brilliant footballer. But I, I, I know obviously he is. I know, I know obviously you can say getting on for a footballer, which he's he's not like massively old yet. But I do think he's not the unbelievable superstar he once was.
0: Oh, Daniel's had a drink, that's a shame. Um, there you are. Mark, on to you, mate. Honest. <laughs>
1: no, I somewhat agree with Dan there. I think he's not hes not Gareth Bale from six years ago, certainly. Um, he's not going to be fully match fit. But Gareth Bale for Wales and Gareth Bale in club football are two very different, different beasts. And when he pulls on that Wales shirt, he finds that inner something to just put on a performance um and i don't think it probably matters that he's not match fit he will find that extra 10 or 15 percent because it's for wales um and fair play do you know what i mean he, he's done it his way he's gone out and made a lot of money from from playing in the mls and as already says well done because he, he's pulled a blinder there um he's kept himself fit um he's he he's he's gonna have been playing in, in in heat as well which which works in his regard if we're gonna go and go and play in guitar that's always a consideration too. Um and I just think a uh, Gareth Bale in that in that mode when he this is probably his is you know his swan song you know it, this is his last ride. So he's gonna to want to leave everything out there. Um and as Dan touched on he is a threat, massive goal threat um whether that's um on the floor, in the air um, from set pieces as well. Um, and I just think that you will see him him find that that 10 or 15% that, that makes him that Gareth Bale that we've we've all seen over the last 10 years as well.
0: Yeah, I think that that's that's pretty much how I feel about it as well. And I think Chris is absolutely spot on. He definitely could skin Maguire at present. And um, I, I think that's where I am. I think you can pull on that whale shirt and, and, and turn it on. And I think the other thing is to go with that I appreciate it, it's the MLS and whatever, but he played half an hour in the, in, basically played all of extra time uh, in the MLS final on the weekend, um, and the added minutes that went with that. And I don't know how much of the game any of you saw, but he was every time there was a corner, Gareth Bale was at the front post, heading everything away that came at him, and then he needed to go up the other end and keep keep the game alive. You know, it was the you know seventh minute of injury time. There he is, kind of turning up and popping up and and getting that goal again. And I think, and I think you are, uh, not you in general, but I think anyone is 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 naive at this point to say that Gareth Bale is you know is 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 not is not the person he was anymore. He's definitely not the exact same person, but he's he sort of the person um, that who can still turn up and create something and do something dramatic. Sorry, Dan. I've just seen in the chat you said, "Can I reply?" But I'm not sure if that was to me just now or if that no, was. it was
3: it was about. Uh... Gareth Southgate, but we'll 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 gloss on. We'll we we'll move on from that now. It's okay.
0: Well, apologies, mate. Apologies. We were talking about uh, a more important Gareth uh, at the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, just as we as we come to to kind of wrap up, we've got two quick questions coming in. Actually, um, which England player could be the surprise player for you? Like we've got Brennan Johnson, who's a, who's a great shout there. Who's going to change games? I I said Saka could be the one. Is is there someone who you think there is going to be the one who? you know, beside a cane or whoever might kind of take a take a shot at, at this being their tournament. I can see you nodding, or do you go for it.
2: Uh, if, I don't think it's going to be a surprise because I think he's already known as one of the best young players in Europe. But if this could be this could be a tournament for Jude Bellingham. Um I know that um friend of various podcast Paul Carter says he's not seen him do anything ever. But um <laughs> I think he possibly doesn't watch enough Borussia Dortmund to make that assertion. <laughs> um uh I think Jude Bellingham has all of the abilities to be a really, really, really top-class footballer. Um, I I may be proved wrong, but he's got all the potential to be there. In that young Dortmund team now, he's basically taken on the mantle of the leader of that team. Um, And I think if Saka could have a... I think Dan said it earlier, Saka could go on and have an absolutely brilliant tournament. If, If he doesn't, and England do, I think it probably will be the making of Bellingham. Having said that, he might have to work hard to get in the team now. Calvin Phillips has played forty-five minutes of a League Cup game, Ooh. so he might have to work hard to get in the team. But um, yeah, I I think I think he's the potential breakthrough star of the tournament for England.
3: What about you,
0: lads? Anyone else want to jump in there?
3: I'm going to agree with what Chris is saying in the comments. I'm going to honestly say James Madison because I think yeah. you you now as, as I mentioned before he was sort of on the fringes and has only had one cap for England. But I don't think he will be taken to this World Cup without some sort of expectation that he's going to play some minutes in this tournament because you're not going to take someone like him with his ability if you're not going to at least give him some time. I mean, I'd, I'd personally like him to stop, but whether he w- will or not is a, is a different question. But I feel, I feel I, I do think he will make some appearances in this tournament. And I know what, Already said before, as in Leicester, have been really poor this season, but they are starting to pick up a little bit now. But regardless of that, he has been like uh, the diamond in that squad so far and has shown that he has quality and has ability. Uh, and even when Leicester weren't particularly playing that well, he was still putting in some good performances. And now that they're playing a bit better, he's, get, he's getting even better. And so if he's got good players around him, I don't see why he can't really light this England team up a little bit. He's a midfielder. I know he's labelled as a forward in that squad, but is, is is a midfielder. And but he scores goals and he provides assists and is a constant goal threat. And so, with that being said, if he can translate that form into an England shirt, we've got someone really quite dangerous on our hands there. It's all just about how Gareth Southgate utilises him and whether he uses him at the right moments in games. Like it's no point bringing him on for 10 minutes when you're not going to get him into the game enough. You know, if England aren't doing very well in, in a match he needs at least half an hour or so or 25 minutes to really mark or stamp his authority on the game. But I just think, as I mentioned, he's a goal scoring and assist providing midfielder and would be the envy of any team. I think in this tournament, to be honest, on current yeah.
0: form. Yeah. I think Madison's a good player. Um, Chris uh, is, is, is mugging uh, Grealish off in the, uh, in the comments there. I know, or do you think he, he might be someone who could do something, but I, I am also aware of the time. So I do want to move along. I know, you have other commitments uh, to, to join lads. Um, one last one from me. Am I worried about the future when, when Bale goes? I'm personally not. I think we've got, you know, we're at a point now where we've got enough quality players coming through. I think Brennan Johnson is someone who's going to be a really, really talented player. He's someone I hope Newcastle uh, have a look at at some point, either January or at the end of the season. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, I think there's also people like Harry Wilson who can who may not hit the heights that Ramsey hit, but is still capable of, of of producing. I think when David Brooks becomes fit again after his cancer issue, I think he's a, he's a frightening player. Um, So I, I think we've got enough around us. And Kiefer Moore is, you know, I think he's 30, Kiefer Moore. He's still got a good couple of years left in him. He's a dangerous player. He doesn't rely on his pace or, or anything like that, particularly he... um I almost said occupies defenders then. What a ridiculous thing. Um, That's a Newcastle joke there. So, uh, yeah, he... um. He, he's someone who I think is a very, very talented player as well. And I think can contribute a lot in time to come. We'll always miss Bale. He's, he's the greatest player in, in, in the history of Welsh football. But um, I, I also think the future is in is in good hands there. Uh, Chris has just responded there. He's a big fan of Wilson uh, and Moore as well. I, I think Moore especially is, is going to have a great tournament here. Um, very quickly, before we finish, lads, I would love it if you could give me, if neither of our teams win, obviously I'm, I'm confident that we will, but on the off chance uh, that someone doesn't, uh, if someone pips us, sorry, if we could just give us a name of who you think will win the tournament if neither of our teams do. I Argentina. went to Brazil
1: or, Argentina. Brazil or yeah. Argentina. I don't think it'd be a European side. I'd love okay.
2: it to be Argentina. Because for yeah. Messi to be able to say, I've got one of these, Ronnie, where's yours? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would quite like that for that, for that reason as well. I, I think there's a chance that there's a, a bit of a surprise team could emerge here, I think, with the with the timing of the season and where we are at the situation um, at the moment. I think... People are going to be injured or tired or and I think teams you know a surprise team a few people have said denmark i don 't think for a minute they 're going to win it, but I think that 's the sort of team who 've got enough players who could who can go far in this uh, My friend Paul is disagreeing in the comments there anyone <laughs> but argentina fair enough colt um so yeah i I think uh interesting boys, thank you very much indeed for your time massively uh, appreciate you coming on Um, i 've got to say one final thing before I finish. I was convinced today that there would be some uh, a selection of predictable Welsh jokes, and um, so I made uh, predictable <laughs> cymru jokes bingo. I know you didn't say any of them. I'm absolutely furious with a lot of you. Well, not furious. I'm delighted. Well done. But um, absolutely, absolutely furious. I did. I did at one point worry that someone might say it's coming home, but uh, but there you go. That was. A joke that I made for absolutely no reason. Um, thank you very much indeed for your time, ladies and gents. I much, uh, very much appreciate it uh, for you all watching. Thank you, boys, as well, for joining us. Just to finish off as a little reminder, go to bagsybags.com and use Chad 10 for a 10% discount on anything on the website. We've got some great pictures of some T-shirts that he's got here. Um, he's also got some bags, some hoodies, some sweaters, mugs, all sorts uh, of different things on that website so go to bagsybags dot com have a look about and you can use the chad ten ten percent discount code thank you very much uh, to everyone who's watched uh, uh, and thank you very much for everybody taking part in the comments d indeed thank you ben uh, thanks a lot gents for joining us uh, and have a very good evening and uh, thank you very much for watching goodbye